Hello and welcome. I am your host, Coach Debbie, and this is Story You Talk Radio. We're at KKNW 1150 AM in Seattle, Washington. But perhaps you are listening to us on our KKNW app, or if you happen to be on board for the replay, you can catch us on your Apple Tunes, uh, your iTunes, your SoundCloud, your Podcast One, your TuneIn. I find it all over the place. It's really kind of cool when someone says, hey, did you know you were? I, no, I didn't know. So it's really good that you can check in and listen to this show on your timeline, but I love it when you join me right here for the live call. I sometimes offer a show just myself and sometimes with a guest, but my goal is to help you get really in touch with your story and express it with the world. I want you to discover it. I want you to share it. And it doesn't matter to me if you're interested in writing a blog or writing a newsletter or writing a love letter or writing a book or writing for someone else. I want you to be in touch, to feel grounded in your story, and to enjoy the process. You might not enjoy every single moment, but if you hang out with me long enough, I'll give you lots and lots of tips to keep you connected to your writing life. I really, really love when people reach out to me and say, you know what, I've written a book that I think your listeners would love and I would just enjoy so much coming available and sharing my gifts and my tips and my tricks. Later in the show, you're going to meet my guest for today who did exactly that, a very, very talented woman who's going to help you understand not only how to get in touch with your trauma, but how to write it and how she turned hers into a book award as well as a best-selling book. For those of you that would like to interact and get a little bit of live coaching during the show, you can write to me through Facebook Messenger. Uh, that's Coach Debbie, D-E-B-B-Y, through Facebook Messenger. You can do it through my personal page, which is D-E-B-B-Y, and my last name, Handrich, it's just like it sounds, H-A-N-D-R-I-C-H. You can use my email, but for some reason, and I really don't understand why, just about everything right now is going to spam. Does that mean I need to delete some things in my inbox? Does anybody know why that is? Uh, so it's a little tricky right now, my email. But I did uncover two of you, Missy and Cheryl. I did get your emails today, and I will be offering what you wrote in on today's show. But for those of you that are coming on now, I want to encourage that you use Facebook or that you think about maybe calling the show. It's only for the gutsy. No, I'm teasing. But I, I have been really looking forward to a caller. So if you want to make me happy and be the one, the phone number is one 888 And when you call in, 
You will hear the voice of our engineer here at KKNW, and that is Eric. Say hi to us, Eric. Hi, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Happy Thursday, Debbie. Oh, happy Thursday to you. Eric is always doing the hard part, so I can do what for me is the fun part. Yes, but I can't do what you're doing. So And it, I can't do would, what you're doing. That would be the hard part for me if I was in your seat. <laughs> good. Good. They hired us for the right positions, That's right. right? That's right. Good job. All right. Well, in a moment, I am going to bring on Linda Deer, who we have with us via Skype today. And if you want to check out her website and just get a little familiar with what she does, it's Linda Deer, D-E-I-R, dot com. And we are talking today about writing through your trauma stories because most of us have had some sort of trauma. And I just want to encourage you, even if you're writing a blog on comedy, okay, I want you to start to get in touch with the trauma in you, at least in your journal. Because what it does is it frees up your expression. It allows you to be all that you want to be. The truth, I would not be able to sit here today if I had not committed to writing my own trauma. Now, I think it's a little bit different to publish your own trauma, but I'm really just talking about being in the process of writing. Linda also has a a guidebook and journaling book to help you through that process, which we're going to talk about, and she's going to be offering some tips and tricks for you. So to just kind of set the stage for a moment, I want you to first of all know that if you are in the Seattle area and you would like to get involved in some writing workshops this year, I've got three coming up this summer. I'd love to know what you're up to with your writing. The first one is June 9th, and that is called Spiritual Breakthrough for Journal Junkies. I was a journal junkie for a long time. That's just somebody who writes in her journal and doesn't really transform, but she knows she's safe, and so she just writes and writes and writes and writes. But if you really want to get to that spiritual breakthrough, I've got eight seats available for that workshop. Takes place in my very own home. I have a beautiful room with a beautiful view, and I love to host these. If you bring a friend, you get a nice discount, and if you are on my newsletter mailing list, there's a nice little code in there for you. I'm going to give it to you here as well. It's news, N-E-W-S, 2019. If you put that code into an email to me, you have a reserved seat at the reduced price. If you want to know more about these workshops, you can always go to my website, and that's www.coachdebbie.com. Later in the summer on June 23rd to honor Johnny's birthday, Johnny was my husband and a prolific poet, Um, we're going to have a memoir writing class. That is also a one-day full workshop out of my place. And then later in June, June 30th, 
I will offer a writing your speech workshop, and that will also be in the West Seattle area. So that's what I'm offering face-to-face for the month of June. If you want to use that promo code, it's NEWS2019, and you will get the special rate. You'll also get the special rate if you bring a friend. So that'll knock you down to 160 for the day. All right. I would love to hear about it. If you're interested in going a little deeper and you're anywhere in the world, I offer online masterminds. I have them for the spiritually minded, and I have them also for those who are writing their books. Two different programs, and you do need to write in and qualify for those, but it's just a matter of filling out three little short questions, and we have a little phone call, and we figure out if You're ready to go, and if you're not, the steps you need to take so that you're ready for the next time around. I love doing these. There are three months. uh, The writing writing one is six months, and the next one coming available is June 15th. So get together with me on my website or my email or Facebook or just call me here, and we'll get it all figured out for you. Okay, let's roll into what the heck is trauma. It's such a big word. Linda's going to come on in a minute and talk to us about what I want you to just be thinking about. The four main categories. I went to my therapist extraordinaire who, I'm sorry, she's got to remain anonymous because she's mine. All right? She's mine. She's the best. I haven't seen her in about a year, but when I was really struggling with writing about my own trauma, she helped me out with understanding the four groups. And she said, you need to think about the fact that trauma can be just that single blow. It's that car accident that you never saw coming. It's the homicide that happened to someone close to you. Uh, It could be the earthquake Uh, that you were in, or that you even may have been witness to. It's, It's that single blow. It's snuck up on you in a second, and it has left you traumatized. Uh, Another time is called the repeated trauma. These can have more severe mental problems that linger on, and statistics say that it, it is experienced more by women than men, uh, not, not grossly more, but about 65% are women. Uh, I think part of that is unreported men uh, go by the wayside a lot. But I also, I, I know throughout history that that statistic used to be uh, a lot more tipped towards, towards women and we could even get into more around socioeconomic and race and et cetera like that. I don't know those facts. But I do know that the second type we're talking about here is a repeated trauma. It does have ongoing severe mental side effects and can take a little longer to to recover from. And, and it, it is something where there is usually but not always, but usually an abuser. 
We also have the third type, which we would call the naturally caused traumas. These were always outside of your control, and, and of course, they came down from nature somehow. The flood, the tornado, the tsunami, whatever it was, whether you were in it or whether you witnessed it. And finally, often very disturbing, again, these are the man-made traumas. And these are often deliberate. Uh, they're, they're created by people. They're very, very hard to overcome. And especially so because they could have originated in your family. And anytime you're experiencing what we call a man-made trauma, you, you are talking about the fact that there is a victim. And in these cases, uh, recovery rate is, is slim, slim to none if you're not getting help. So think about that. If you were always, um, like me, thinking trauma is such a big word, how do you break it down? It could be that it was that single blow. It could be that it was something that was repeated the third type, it could be that it was naturally caused out there in, in nature somehow, or that last type that it was man-made. Someone that I regard as knowing a good bit about trauma because it has gone with her starting at such a very, very young age is Linda Deer. She is the author of the book Guided where she felt that her spiritual angels were the ones that guided her through her youngest years of life, let alone after those youngest years. She is the winner of the 2017 International Body, Mind, Spirit Book Award. That's not an easy award to get. She wowed them. She was also the creator of um, her her photo that is on the book, and there is an incredible story that goes behind that. Don't let me forget to ask her to talk to you about that. Linda Washi doesn't think of herself as someone that was necessarily trained in trauma. You know that when you live through something and you make it your dedication to be guided out of it, to write your way through it, to, to be an instrument of expression around it, you know that you are cultivating your own education around this. I think of Linda as an expert to talk to you about trauma and to help you feel comfortable in the idea that writing through it is a process. It's not going to be one you always like, but it is going to be one that will reward you emotionally for going through it, and maybe in other ways as you care to share it. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to my guest, Linda Deer. How are you today, my friend? I'm great. <laughs> I'm glad to be here, Debbie. Oh, thank you for joining <laughs> me. I, I'm really, really excited to have you here. Thank you for for withstanding that long intro, but I really wanted people to be thinking about that, that idea that trauma can come from so many 
different places. And yet, to wherever it comes from, to actually commit to writing about trauma, you know, that that is a huge commitment. When you started, were you committed to writing a book or were you writing for different reasons? This is just part of the story, okay? It was 20 years before I published Guided. It, it Guided took four and a half months to write, and it was my first book, and it's a 370-page book. So uh, the that's pretty amazing in itself. Yes. And I didn't, didn't take any classes. I never wrote a book before. I, w- I was literally guided to do this. I had a, I had, my guides came to me in December of 1994. That's when they appeared to me physically. That's the photograph on the front cover of the book. And I, and they showed up in the room and I had happened to have my Nikon camera in hand and I took their photograph. No one else in the room saw it but me. That's normally how it happens. And I got the film developed, Film Days, 1994. And when I got the film back, there it was. And they came to me in a dream a couple of weeks later, and they said, you're going to write a best-selling book about your relationship, your connection to us since you were a little girl. And we appeared so the world could believe. I wrote and published Guided, the book, 20 years later. I wasn't ready to write a book when they first came to me, but it was such a shocking dream. It it just knocked me right out of my sleep. It was a lucid dream. All right. And I I was really meant to remember it. And um, so 20 years later, I just, or I'm going to say, you know, 18 years later, when I sat down in August of 2012, I sat at my computer and I just sat down without even thinking I was going to start writing this book or that it was a book. I didn't even know what it was. I just started writing the story of my life. I never thought about doing that before, Deb, by the way. I never even thought about it. But I sat down. This is how guidance works, by the way. I it's It's how my whole life has rolled out is I get the message, I get the guidance, I feel the urge, and I follow it. So I sat down. I started writing and I had the first, there's 28 chapters in Guided. I had the first nine chapters down in two months. When I was done with the first nine chapters while I was writing chapter nine, I had an epiphany and realized that this was the book. that's how this happened. Then I had to put the book on hold because we had something going on. I, but but by the time I started writing in uh, chapter nine, I had this. I knew. I wasn't afraid of losing my momentum. I had what this was. I knew this was the book. Yeah. And and what was interesting, and I really didn't think about it until coming on your show today, Debbie. Really? Ooh, tell us. Not this one part is until I was done writing chapter eight, that was the end of my childhood. Oh. That's the part of throughout my life, my my guides came through, through to me since I was a little girl throughout my childhood. And they told me this one thing numerous times. They said, for you, life will get better as you get older, if 
you can make it through childhood. <laughs> Why do I know that feeling? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you can make it through this part, you know, it's going to get better. But you heard them speaking this to you, yes? Yes, I did. Mm. It was. It came through telepathically, mm-hmm. and it was. It was absolutely clear and word for word what they told me. Wow. So they knew. They knew what I was in for in this lifetime. You know, I, I'm just going to drop a little uh, point here. Is when you, anybody comes into this life, they come in with this team of guides that help you plan out this life, that follow you here. They look over you, they protect you, and they guide you. So I I always knew they were there, and I knew it because I was pushed to my limit at 20 months old when my mom almost killed me. And I took that one last leap and asked someone to help me. I, you know, in a puddle of water, I couldn't even stand up. She beat me so badly. And, and I asked out loud for someone to help me, and they showed up all around me. And that was and, the police officer and his team? Right. That's when they brought me back. You know, what, what a world this is. I, I just have to say this. It was the early 50s, 1954, and I ran away from home because my mom, it was the same thing every morning. My mom would start screaming, and then she'd start beating me. And, I mean, it was the same thing. So... I, I was 20 months old and I'd had it. <laughs> I was fed up. Yeah. And I ran away. I was in diapers, barefoot, a little baby t-shirt on. And I, I shook the gate loose. I watched my dog do it where he shook the gate loose and, and it would pop open, you know, and, and I popped out that gate and I ran up to the, uh, up to the, up to the freeway, the, the, expressway and I got on the median and I went running like I knew where my dad was. I don't know why I knew, but I felt I knew. And I was running down the median of the expressway and the police saw me and they stopped me and they asked me, where are you going? Little yeah, girl. Right. Little tiny and, thing. And I said, I'm going to find my daddy because there's something wrong with my mommy. And so they put me in the squad car and they asked me to sh- point out how to get back to my house, but I wouldn't do it, you know? Mm-hmm. So they took me to the candy store and bribed me with candy. And, you know, I, and there I go. I, I pointed them back to my house. Now, why did they do that? Think about that. If that was a baby today, they would have never taken him back, taken the child back to the the person who was be- hurting the child, right? Right. Right. But but that was when, the, you know, families, they took care of their own business and there was no child protective services in those days. Mm-hmm. People can't imagine just in 1954 that didn't even exist. And people didn't want to get involved. Remember those days? I don't want to get involved. Well, they still happen today, just not at such a, you know, a strong occurrence. But but there is this idea of of. That's too much for me, so therefore I won't get involved. That is right. They, no one knew how to handle the situation. Yeah. Yeah. So they brought me back to my mom, and they, when they were assured that it was okay, that's when she took me in the house and, and just, ugh, and, and, and beat me unconscious. And when that happened, and I was completely out of any hope at all, and why would that baby, that 20-month-old baby, Ask out loud for someone to help them. 
if they weren't there. See, I was still connected to the to where I came from before I got here. I wasn't completely sobered up to just being in this world, you know? Mm-hmm. So I knew, how did I know that? But when we all come in, like I said just to, at the beginning of this, we come in connected. We come in with those with that support team, those guides. You know, they're supposed to be there for you. You're supposed to utilize that that valued guidance. And I did. I remembered it. I was still connected, you know. So um, when I did it, they showed up. And the instant they showed up, I remembered, this is the most, this is the coolest part of it. I remembered who I was in an instant. I remembered where I came from. I remembered my guides and I remembered why I was here. All in an instant. My goodness, Linda. And the takeaway that day was the message that that they left me with. The big takeaway was this life is not all there is. Imagine that. Well, and it's such a tender age while you're so alone. You're you're enduring this this type of trauma that we were speaking of that that is repeated and ongoing where, you know, it's a young woman being victimized and in your case, your mother. So so I think Linda, so many people feel that a story that is so harsh and so difficult, A, would be too, too, too difficult to share, and B, you know, where are there really readers? And yet, you know, we, we have incredible crimes happening in the world, and you wouldn't believe the amount of people that show up for those documentaries and things like that. So there is this desire to know such deep, traumatic stories. And I would bet it's for healing. You know, my, my, as I summarize all this and look at it, how it's played out in my life, as soon as Guided was published, it was an instant success. I mean, I was getting, oh, I, I had fan mail from around the world and coaching sessions backed up every single day. I could hardly stay up with it. And what they all wanted to know is how I read your book, Guided. I know I have guides. I know I have them looking out for me. I need to make that connection. Help me make that connection. So I I'm not, I know I'm not alone, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that type of thing. And my feeling about uh, someone who writes a book like this is anyone who has the urge to write down what their trauma is, is they very likely have a message for the world. When I wrote this book, I didn't know that. I didn't know what to think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and most of us don't. Most of us in the in the writing process we're we're not certain that we understand why we feel so called to write. We just know that we feel very called. So, I want to remind the listeners we are we are talking with Linda Deer today. And that's D-E-I-R, lindadeer.com. If you are uh, curious about her work, you can go to her website. And if you would like to call in for coaching, you can do so right after this break.
Alternative Talk 1150 is excited to be giving away movie vouchers for this year's Seattle International Film Festival. Going on now through June 9th with over 400 features, short films, and documentaries gathered from more than 80 countries. Enter to win at 1150kknw.com. But act fast, contest ends May 31st. That's 1150kknw.com. Get entered today, and we'll see you at the Seattle International Film Festival. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. Welcome back. I am Coach Debbie, and I am the host of Story You Talk Radio. And via Skype today, I am talking to Linda Deer. She is the author of Guided, and she is sharing with us how she wrote through her trauma, how she experienced her earliest trauma. And we are getting some really, really, really good questions here because I know this is a really tricky topic for people. How do I write the thing that scares me the most? I also know that when we don't write it and we're trying to write about something else, uh, the trauma keeps asking to be written out, to be laid down, to be offered up. It it wants a place to live. And so Linda has created a, not only her book, Guided, but also a journal companion. Can you tell us just a little bit about that, Linda? Yeah. the, the My Guided Journey is the companion journal to Guided that I was I was urged to write by all the fans of guided they wouldn't leave me alone debbie (laughs) (laughs) they they wanted to make this connection to their own spirit guides and angels and and quit suffering quit living in fear that type of thing they they understood the message and guided real well and um it actually i wrote my guided journey it i actually had it finished in 2017, the end of 2017, and I was going to publish it. And I went to go publish it, and I got the feeling inside me, this is guidance, it's what I'm used to listening to. I got that feeling inside my gut that said, nah, you know, don't publish this book yet. It's don't publish it yet. And I'm going, well, dang it, I just wrote it. Now I'm going to shelve it. And, And I started doing Facebook Live events every week. And uh, I, there's 18 chapters in taking the journey, in my guided journey. And I started, uh, Ray would interview me on each one of those chapters and people would come in and ask questions and, you know, need help with how to flush that out in their life, that particular chapter. Chapter one is fear. Chapter two is asking, you know, and it goes all the way through from the time you you first got here as as a new person okay mm-hmm. so I, and again i don't i don't make i don't exaggerate things by saying that you are a baby a baby sounds it sounds like they're they're not capable of anything like they're not smart enough oh, you know i think they're so capable they totally are and that's why i call them new people okay mm-hmm. so um and, and anyway my um this journal was created so that people could go back to the beginning of their life as I guide them through this process. See, using this journal, my guided journey, you have to go about it with the right mindset. Because if you go about it the way you remember it was, that that 
capsule of time where everything got frozen in, in the trauma, then you're coming from the wrong place. That is not where the answers are. That's not what really happened there. That's your reaction to what happened there. So I take them through the process. They have to, you know, get the book and then watch the videos that are associated with each chapter that are on my website for them to watch for free and guide them through that whole process. That's why it's called my guided journey. Yeah. Because I guide them through it. And then every Wednesday on Facebook Live at 6 p.m. Pacific time, I'm on Facebook helping everybody understand what this process is about. Help help them to start walking that way and feeling like they can do it now and knowing I'm there to answer their questions when they need the help. And I do this for free. Oh, fantastic, Linda. Wonderful. I know. It, it, this comes from my heart. This comes from somebody that this world almost destroyed. Okay. Yes. And you know, Deb, it, it's not okay that that happens to people that hurts my heart. So it's my way of helping these people, you know? I do know. I do understand that. I I have I have quite a history myself and I I do understand that it is really, really important for us to be the ones that step forward and show that not only can we express ourselves through the trauma, but we can hold the space for others that are are experiencing right now a, a sense of to to need their own guide here in the form of knowing that people are in front of them and people are on their side because right. we all have something spiritual but but sometimes I know for myself I've really needed to see the human being across from me who could hold my story because hers was so big as well and, and so yeah, that, that you have so, to be careful. I, yeah, and, and you know, I, the part of this that I'm beginning to learn, I'm learning as I go, you know, is having a study buddy, yeah. having a writing buddy that, that you hold space for and they hold space for you so you can get this out of you. you you've, you're in a safe place and it's okay. You know who's been my, my best buddy to do that with? Mm. Ray. I figured, yeah. Ray. Ray has been over the top amazing with this. And Fantastic. I really don't know. Yeah, I don't know how I could have done it w without his help, without him on my side, you know. Yeah, that's true so, partnership right there. That's it wonderful. Means a, it means a lot if you can get a little study buddy with you that you both, you know, are, are, are both looking your wounds. And uh, you, you help each other by holding the space so they can vent this thing, they can get it on paper, they can get it out of them and on the pages. I can't say how important that is. Yeah. That's that's how it works. If you can get it out of, see, until I wrote Guided, Debbie, I didn't know that. I thought I had my life figured out. I turned my back on that nonsense from my past. I never thought I'd have to look back at that. Mm. And in night, December of 1994, my guides come through and let me know, hey, you're going to write this best-selling book about your connection, your relationship to us since you were a little girl, and we appeared so the world could believe, and, and it just rolled right out of me. I mean, I wrote the book in four and a half months. What? Yeah. That's unbelievable, you know? 
Yeah, so it's it, so funny how people nowadays think, you know, if they just go to a good workshop, they can have a book written in 10 days. And it, <laughs> it's just, I don't know where people get these ideas, but I certainly don't support it. Um, well, I, I know where they get it. I'm just, I just need to vouch for you there. Uh, they get it because we live in an instant gratification society. And, you know, your life didn't happen instantly, and, and neither does your book. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Take it from Linda if you don't believe it from me. <laughs> right. We do have some people that are wanting to uh, get in touch with your brilliance. Um, I want to go to Missy first, who has offered up that she says, I am afraid to start writing about my trauma story because I'm afraid I won't be able to handle it when it comes out on the page. Is there a particular process I should be following I have to be able to still raise my children, but I do have a drive to write this. At least I think I want to. I haven't stepped into it at all yet. What would you suggest? So here we have a mom that knows she has a big story to, to offer, but she's a little worried that um, it's going to kind of sabotage her from being able to take care of her kids. What do you think about that? Well, I think that she's wise. I think that she does see that writing it, she doesn't see the, the outcome of writing it yet because she hasn't even wrote, written the, the, the written in the journal or started writing the book or whatever she wants to do, the blog. But when you write this, it will change you. Mm-hmm. It will definitely have an impact on your life because it, it has had an impact on your life as it's been unresolved. It's been just sitting inside of you. It's just in there. It, it, yeah. it, it's, unhe- it's unhealthy. I want, I want to say this thing about the, writing your trauma. If it's, if it's only inside of you and it, does, it never meets the page, this is the kind of thing that makes people sick. It this creates the, cancer. Yeah. It causes diseases. It, it really does. It wears you down. So I want to say to Missy, that this is guidance that you received, Missy, that it's time for you to start doing that inner work. This is guidance. This is your choice to go that way or not, because you are you live in a free world situation here in this world. It's your call. But the more the longer you put this off, the more this will wear on you. And my advice to you is to let the family know, I need an hour a day. If it's the first thing in the morning, you get up an hour early before anybody gets up. That's the best time to do it, Missy. And go to bed earlier while everyone else is still playing around. You (laughs) go to bed and get your rest so that you can get up in the morning and commit that time, that absolutely quiet, perfect time to your writing, okay? Yeah, and sometimes the surprise is that you never really had a sleep schedule before. You know, now that I'm writing more and up at the crack of dawn, and yeah. and I have to be a little more disciplined about bedtime, it's like, wow, I feel pretty dang good, you know, and, getting yeah, some sleep. And you're somebody that's, that's a writer, okay? Mm-hmm. And she's just beginning to step into it. So these are some of the consequences that go along with making that commitment to yourself. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. To yourself. As far as, as, you know, is it going to traumatize me? Is it going to, can I do it? Is it going to scare me or whatever? However she worded that, 
you know, it, yeah, it's it's going to, you're going to feel all that. You're going, in fact, the more you feel that, the more you're releasing that, that's a good sign. And just start writing it down. Don't think about this being a book, Missy. Just mm -hmm. write out your truth on those pages or on that word processor, but start writing. Yeah, and really you're going to start. Advice. Here's another thing that's going to happen for Missy is she's going to start having dreams about what is coming out. She's going to start having insights throughout the day, remembering things that she never would have remem remembered had she not started this process. Mm, thank you. Thank you so much. Missy, I really, I, I know you've written him before, and I really hope this serves you. Uh, I, I can understand this fear of, you know, uh, being, being afraid that you won't be able to manage children if you bring things up. And yet, at the same time, I found that as I was writing out the stories of bullies and and we're not talking about kids just putting gum in your hair you know we're talking about really scary stuff that I was able to do my life and you know something that really just blew my mind is one of the bullies showed up in my life recognized me remembered that we were as he put it friends in school and I had to say you are no friend to me you were someone that I lived in absolute terror of. I don't ever want to talk to you. I don't ever want to see you. And he followed me down the street and said, Debbie, Debbie, I'm so sorry. More than people than just you have said that to me. I, I was a drunk starting at the age of 12. I owe you an apology, and I want to know if you'll tell me what I did. And I, I couldn't believe it, but it was, it was tremendously healing so, Missy, I just want to tell you, surprises can come when we show up for the story inside of us. I want to go to another writer. Um, this is a tough one. This is Cheryl. Uh, she is uh, someone on my newsletter list living in Bellingham, Washington. And she says, anytime I think about writing through my trauma, the first thing I think about is... What if my folks read it? My trauma began with them. Much of the time, I think I'm not safe as long as they still are in this world. Do I need to wait for a death? I can't even believe I've asked you that. But I feel like I must write this. Maybe it isn't a book after all. Do you two have ideas around this? Start writing. <laughs> I knew she was going to say that. I was, I'm not laughing. I'm just, yeah. I knew you were going to, I predicted that it was going to come out in that tone and, and with that sincerity. So I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, there's no, you get your life back when you start taking this out of, I'm, I've got my hands on my chest, out of your chest, out of, in, of what's inside of you that's eating you from the inside out. Yeah. And you deposit that onto paper. It's got to come out. You've, it doesn't matter if you publish it. It's none of your business if you publish it. The, the business at hand here and the guidance you're getting, and I do want you to know that this is guidance. Guidance 
has has a shelf life. When they come through with guidance, you act on the guidance while it's still valid. Okay, it's time for you to take the action. Start your journal. Start writing it. Mm-hmm. Yes. And 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 don't hold it in anymore. It doesn't. Don't have any expectations about your writing, what you're writing, who's going to see it. Nobody's going to see it. This is your best friend. Your this is truly your best friend when you start your journal. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you're spot on, Linda. I'm going to take know. one more uh, one more request here, and. This is a really this is a really tough one, uh, and I'm gonna answer it quickly just so that we come back to a very very important point here about the fact that we don't have to be writing to publish. So often we get confused that if we invest in a lot of paper and a lot of story, it's got to be published. It doesn't have to be published but it has to be written. So in saying that, I want to respond to Roger, who wrote in and said, I don't understand where to begin my story. It's about losing my seeing my seeing eye dog in a fire when I was a kid. I just thought that it was the cruelest thing that God could do to me. And so what I want to encourage you to do is write to God. I've had to do this. And you say, Dear God, I feel that one of the cruelest things you did to me was you took my dog from me in that fire. So you've said it. It's what you've said to me. You've said it now on paper. And you just let yourself be guided through that. Because my guess is, you're going to come out somewhere very, 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 very different. But not having the conversation with God, that's what's making you so hurt. That. That. It was a long time ago that you lost your dog. It was a horrible incident. But your way through this is to write to the person you're mad at. And you said it was God. And I want you to do it. And I want you to write back to me, Roger. And let me know how you're going with it, or I'm going to be writing to you. All righty. I love that, Debbie. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I ain't a life coach for nothing, right? That's right. That's exactly right. Well, listen, Linda, this whole idea that it doesn't have to be published. Now, you were guided to publish, but I feel like for so many people starting with the goal of I must publish what I write is keeping them from writing. And, and I'm just curious about your take on that while we talk about trauma here. Yeah, I agree with that, Debbie, because when I started writing Guided, I didn't know what to expect from doing it. That's how come it was able to flow out. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't always easy writing... Th- throughout writing the, the book, 28 chapters of my, of my life, going through my life, it was not easy. No. I didn't, I, and I, as I was writing it, I'm going, oh my God, <laughs> you mean I have to be this candid, this transparent? And I got the energy from the guides, you know, they just kept pushing on me. 
this was a my guides were really 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 with me when i was writing guided i could feel it literally just a, a little um point about guided there's 137 tips learnings lessons and awarenesses sprinkled throughout the book and i did that was not part of the book i told ray i was done writing the book and then the guides started waking me up at one o'clock every morning and keeping me up until three or so for a couple of weeks. And they, they instructed me to start at the beginning of guided and they'd let me know when they wanted me to stop. And that's where they would drop in these tips, these learnings, these lessons, these awarenesses throughout the entire book. And when I was done doing that, I just went, oh, oh my God. This is brilliant. I mean, I never would have come up with that, all right? It had a life of its own. So it, it's, just about, it's just about writing the book. It's just about sitting down and starting to do what you're guided to do, what you feel the urge to do. I didn't have any idea around it. I didn't even know it was the book until I started writing chapter nine. Mm, yeah. So I didn't have any expectation about this. And writing the first eight chapters was the most brutal part of this book. The most harrowing part of Guided is the first eight chapters when I was still in that abusive, traumatic childhood. And, and when I was done through that, when I got through that, just like my life, once I got out of that childhood, my, my whole life blossomed. Okay. But I couldn't see it while I was in it, just like I couldn't see it while I was writing it until I got through that childhood. So my my point here is write what you need to write. Get this healing going. Start the writing. And if it's meant to be a book, it'll be a book. If it's meant to be whatever it's meant to be, it just maybe it's just meant to heal the person. All right. Yeah. But. It's supposed to be written. You've got to get this out from inside of you. I, you know, I wondered, I really wondered this. Guided has been published for less than five years now, just about five. And I said to myself the other day, I wonder how I would be doing right now if I didn't write this book. I wonder if I'd be sick by now if I didn't get this out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes me, makes me wonder, Debbie. So my my point to your to your listeners is you guys, this is important work. This is really critical. And this will set you free. You write. Don't worry about writing it as a book. You don't have to be a a, a published author or something like that. But it will put you on a path that you never would have expected had you never done it. Yeah. Uh, People have to also realize, just first of all, everything you're saying is just spot on. Um, you're, you're coming from the experience of being serious about healing yourself. But right. I want to bring up a tremendous warning sign. Uh, one way you might know that there's some trauma in you, uh, we had a show on this very recently, which is, are you too busy to love your life? And something I talked about is that busyness can just be noise and you can allow your entire life to take you through noise and do nothing of real importance. But in the background, in the background of all that noise and busyness, 
is this desire to be freed from the stuff that is churning around in your thinking and in your emotional memory. And I would just say that if you are someone who always says, I'm too busy to write that, I'm too busy to get involved in it, even Missy was a little worried that her children are a high priority. What if, what if she gets going and, and she finds that she can't be available to them? Well, we, we create noise to get out of doing the big stuff. But what I find is when we do the big stuff, we're free. Debbie, I want to say this one thing about around what you just said. I love what you just said. What she doesn't realize until she does the writing, this is an inside job. This is between her and herself and her guides and all that looks out for her. When she starts to do this, she's going to become a better mom, a much better mom. She won't make the mistakes she would have made had she not figured out her own life first. Mm-hmm. This it couldn't be a better time for her to start writing. Yeah, yeah, Missy. I just when I was in my childbearing years, I was just too afraid I wouldn't do it well. You know, I passed yeah. up on it. I just thought, wow, that just looks so big and so monumental. And you have those children in front of you that love you and adore you and want access to you. And all the other listeners, you have a story too. So just take it bit by bit. If you need a coach, I hope you might write to me, D-E-B-B-Y at CoachDebbie.com. I hope you'll look up Linda Deer. That's Linda, D-E-I-R.com. But I hope you will really, really take seriously the notion that if trauma is knocking at your door, talking to you, reminding you of visions, reminding you of your past, it wants to be expressed. It needs to be. Better word, needs to be. I like that much better. Linda, we're going to have to have you back another time and keep on a going. Thank you, Debbie. Anytime. All right. Thank you so much, listeners. We will be back on Thursday, 4 o'clock next week. And as always, we're talking about the story within you. Namaste, my friends. Thank you.